Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Colossians chapter 2. I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord and continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In Him, you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world— Why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use, because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence." Paul explains his goal of ministry to all men in verse 2. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. And so this 
uh, love is mentioned, the unity of the body, the encouragement that he intends for the believers down through the ages, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. And so Paul's goal is that we would know Christ. Paul's goal is that we would know the mystery of God, the fact that God reconciled man through Christ. That was the plan of the ages. And he goes on to talk about Jesus, and he says, Jesus, in whom are all the hidden treasures and wisdom and knowledge of the ages. So those that seek for hidden treasure, those who seek for wisdom, those who seek for knowledge, these things can be found, but the mystery is they're found in Christ. The mystery of God is that in Christ, all of the things that have substance and value in this life can be found. So, friends, we live in a real world, but the objective of time and eternity is that we would come to know the risen Lord Jesus Christ. In Him is the fullness of God. In Him is complete understanding. In Him is the meaning for our lives. And in Him, we can become united in love and encouraged in our hearts and have fullness of um, lives as intended by God. We need to live in Christ, and Paul's prayer is that we would. Verse 6, Paul writes, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And so at some point, you get introduced to Jesus. At some point, I was introduced to Jesus. At some point, uh, all men must be introduced to Jesus. They come into a relationship with Christ. But after that point, Paul says, we need to live our lives in him, being rooted and built up in him and strengthened in our faith. So salvation is a free gift. It's the act of the Lord. It is the receipt of of the salvation and the free gift by us. In a moment, we're saved. We're transformed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We're born again as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. But we have nothing to show for our lives at that point. We must then live our lives in him and be rooted and built up in him and become strengthened in our faith. So you're listening to me today to be strengthened in your faith, to be built up in Christ, to be rooted and grounded so that you might live your life in him and I might live my life in him. Jesus is our Lord and our God. In verse 8, Paul says, see to it then that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So Jesus is our Lord and our God. Jesus is the focus of our lives. Uh, We're not interested in philosophy and human tradition in and of itself. More specifically, we're opposed to those philosophies and human traditions that would negate the power of God and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We oppose those things. Human traditions and philosophies, and as much as they're benign, that's, that's all well and good. But those that oppose the purposes of Christ need to be cast down and avoided by believers. You see, friends, our sins have been erased on the cross of Jesus Christ. Our lives have been redeemed by the person of Jesus Christ. Our faith is built on the person of Jesus Christ. God has made us alive in Christ, and he forgave our sins in Christ. It's in Jesus that we find our identity, not in philosophy, not in human tradition. Paul writes in verse 13, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. 
He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away and nailed it to the cross. Someone has said, friends, that the cross is the place of divine exchange, where we exchange our lives for the sinless life of Christ, where we exchange the charges against us for the verdict rendered with Jesus, innocent, holy, righteous. That's the verdict that was over Jesus Christ. Over us, it's sinner, separated from God, guilty of sin, eternally unable to approach the holy God. But in Christ at the cross, we exchange all that for his righteousness. You see, friends, our lives are not with one part of our good behavior on one side of a scale and our bad behavior on the other side of the scale. Our entire lives are on one side of the scale because in our humanity, we can do nothing to please heaven until we come into a saving relationship with Jesus who justifies us. And so on the good side of the scale, there's only Jesus. There's only the righteousness of Christ. Only through the lens of Jesus Christ can the Father look on us and see that we're cleansed from our sins. We have no indebtedness to the devil or to the sin nature because of Jesus. Jesus has taken all those things away and nailed it to his cross. It's the power of the cross that has saved us and disarmed powers and principalities. Verse 15, Paul writes, Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. We must never forget the power of the cross. In some circles, it's not popular to preach the cross. But the cross, as I said, is the place of divine exchange. It's the place where heaven meets earth. It's the bridge between heaven and earth. Not the cross in and of itself, but what Jesus did on the cross. It's the place of his victory over sin, death, and the grave. And at the cross is where we apprehend the victory of Jesus over sin, death, and the grave. We have liberty in Jesus, and we're not to let anybody judge us by our religious expressions. In verse 16, Paul writes, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink. He's talking about dietary observance. Or with regard to a religious festival, some say you've got to observe the Passover or this feast or festival or whatever, a new moon celebration, or even a Sabbath day. Paul said we're not to let people judge us about these things because they're a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So even the Sabbath day, friends, it's biblical. It's Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. It's biblical. However, It's a shadow of the reality to come, the rest that was to be found in Jesus Christ. And so don't let anybody judge you of whether you worship on Friday night or Saturday or Sunday. Paul said these things are irrelevant. They're just a shadow of the reality that's found only in Jesus. Every day for us should be a Sabbath in Christ. We should never retreat into legalism or false religion. Verse 20, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, Why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based merely on human commands and teachings. Paul is not saying we're at liberty to just run amok and sin. He's saying that legalism, with all of the lists of do's and don'ts, are just human commands and teachings. The Lord does approve of holiness, holiness based on a relationship with Christ and living in a way that's pleasing to Him. But He doesn't agree with legalism and false religion. Lord, teach us the difference between legalism 
and false religion and true holiness found in Christ. Teach us to live in the reality of Christ, worthy of the price that he paid with his cross and his sinless atoning death. Lord, we recognize that salvation's a free gift, but help us to also triumph over the principalities and powers that Jesus defeated at the cross. Help us to celebrate Christ every day as a Sabbath day, as a Sabbath of rest. Lord, help us to recognize the reality and not just the forms. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.